Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Life in Sport podcast. And we're joined by a very special guest. I say that every week, but that's because every guest is awesome and special in their own way, especially with their sport. And this person is a FIFA official. If I'm not mistaken, and please correct me if I'm wrong, he's a assistant referee um, in the A-League and other competitions throughout the world. His name is Nathan McDonald. Thank you very much for joining me. And we were just talking just before off recording, but how's your day going so far? Yeah, it's good. Just looking at the rain and wondering whether I'll be training tonight. So we'll see. (laughs) And what better way to start the conversation and questions? Because you just mentioned training. What goes into a training regime of a FIFA official, basically? So um, it's developed over the years that I've been involved. Um, Mm -hmm. At the moment, Football Australia have a trainer that they employ to send out programs for referees. Okay. Uh, And we have group training sessions twice a week where the expectation is that um, in each state you'll have a centralised location and the referees from that area will go and train together. Um, So like Sydney or like Melbourne, Brisbane sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, And then there's also... Um, other sessions which you have to do in your own time and on other days. Um, But for me personally, um, it's probably changed over a bit of time given that I'm a bit older now. So I try to probably manage my load and I can't do the number of sessions that I was able to do when I was younger. That's fair enough. Um, And do you prefer doing the group sessions or the individual sessions? I probably prefer the group because it also pushes me, but you get to catch up with friends and it helps in terms of I suppose reviewing decisions from the weekend talking about stuff that's going on and yeah it's a bit of um, camaraderie yeah now that's it's it's literally like a a team it is literally a team of referees so that's that's awesome to hear um but obviously it all starts um somewhere and obviously it all starts in childhood my first question is what what is your earliest memory of football playing as a little kid in Tamworth I used to live okay um, so that's probably my earliest memory of playing um, and being involved in football at all. And then, and and what's your earliest memory of say watching football at a professional level on TV, sort of thing? I probably didn't watch a lot of football as I was growing up. Um, yep. My dad was more into watching rugby league. So uh, okay, that. okay. So, um, did you have a team growing up following in rugby league? Yeah, I'm a um, diehard Parramatta Eels supporter. You know what's interesting? You know what's interesting? I literally had Darius Turner. Uh, he's a, a FIFA futsal referee, yeah. and he's a diehard para fan yeah. as well. Meanwhile, I'm a Broncos tragic over here. <laughs> <laughs> but now that's interesting. So why Parramatta? Is, is your dad originally from there, or just they played in Tamworth back in the day? No, nah, dad was from there and just yeah followed in his Makes, <laughs> makes sense. That's fair enough. Um, so, yeah, obviously back to your earliest memory of football. Um, what, what would be the standout? earliest memory as well in particular is there a game in particular or like a moment sort of thing uh not really I think when I started to referee I was Mm. about 12 years of age and I remember my dad refereed and that at that point I was living in Grafton um and we would go out I'd go with him when he was refereeing and go and watch and sometimes end up doing a line for him as an assistant so yep. that probably stands out as a bit of time in terms of going out into different areas around northern New South Wales, seeing him referee. Yeah, you know that that's actually that's pretty great exposure because it would have been multiple different leagues and watching how the, for lack of a better term, the mechanics of it work at such a young age as well. That's incredible because not a lot of kids do that. A lot of them start refereeing and that's it. You know, they just ref their local league, then they go up a grade and upgrade, etc. But they don't 
go to different leagues like you said there was Tamworth and then there was Grafton and they would be chalk and cheese in comparison when it comes to leagues and whatnot um and obviously my question that I'm about to ask kind of has been answered itself but um did you ever play football as well or just solely officiate and so therefore you've already answered that but I'm going to switch that question and say at what point did you decide to give up playing football and focus solely on officiating it was probably when I was about uh 17 that okay refereeing became number one I still occasionally played socially just um indoor soccer or futsal yep but I stopped playing outdoor and it was probably down to, I saw that I could get further as a referee than I ever would as a player. Um, yep. And it made the decision fairly easy. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's honestly, I, I don't mind me. And it also meant that you could still be involved at the top level of, of football, um, yep. which is a great decision. And obviously my next question, pardon me, uh, was kind of answered just then, but in a different way. So at what Instead of at what point did you realize your potential um, to go and potentially be a, a professional referee? I would say, because obviously you just covered that at the age of 16, 17, but what made you realize that sort of thing? I think it was in the first probably few years of becoming 18 and being able to travel, drive myself to different games, get to the training that we had as referees um, yep. in Brisbane. And then starting to get selected to go to tournaments. We used to have state titles at different age groups yep. through Queensland. They don't have that now, but there's still some tournaments. But when I started to get selected for a few of those, I thought maybe there's a chance. Um, and then you start. I started to do, uh, I think it was the old National Youth League, which was underneath yep. NSL when it was the NSL. Yep. yep. And I thought I was at a chance then. Then everything changed and the NSL... <laughs> Became the A League, and then there was an M the MPL. Yep, yep, yep. So yeah, it was probably around about that time where I thought it was a possibility, but it still took me a, a long time to get onto the A League. I didn't get on till I was about uh, twenty eight, I think. Okay. So yeah. Wow. Well, that's that's incredible because you've now um, this actually segues perfectly to the next question, slash topic, which is you've now been an official for over a hundred and ninety professional matches. That's that's including. Um, like tournaments and A-League, et cetera. And I think, first of all, that is an incredible achievement. Um, and first of all, did you ever think you'd make that type of milestone, like 150, 190 matches? And um, do you ever have like pinch yourself moments in matches where you're like, I I'm still doing this? Like, wow, who would have thought sort of thing? Yeah, I never thought I would do any of those things. Um, I've had some wonderful experiences and refereed in some, some large crowds, refereed some um really impressive teams and it's been yeah an amazing journey and it's coming to an end but um yeah it, i never thought i would achieve what i have done and i'm happy with what i've done certainly there are moments where i've pinched myself um probably just the big games that you get to do are those yeah. types of moments um yep. you sort of have to take a moment when before the game and look around and yeah just appreciate that and just take it all in sort of thing yeah yeah, once yeah, again, wow. it's harder to, but yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's incredible. Um, and sort of off the back of that um answer, I'm gonna say and or ask, what would be like the three biggest moments or highlights of your officiating career so far? You know, like your personal highlights, you could say. Yeah. Uh probably having refereed Liverpool at the MCG. Oh, um, that would have been great. That was an amazing experience just with the crowd and the atmosphere. 
Yeah. Um, also managed to do Brazil versus Argentina at the MCG, and that was with a couple of really good mates. So was yeah, and, and, a, and an incredible lineup, I'm sure, for Brazil and Argentina. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there was Neymar and Messi. So yeah, there was yeah. Sort of You're literally walking there. amongst gods in, in yeah. football. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Wow. Uh, but in terms of other games, there's I've done three A League grand finals. So okay, all those have been amazing experiences and things which yeah, hard to beat. Those types of big pressure games where yeah, sort of get that adrenaline rush. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, because there you've got to be on literally the top of your game because every decision matters, basically. Yeah. yeah. So not not just the on field uh, ref, but also the the line the linemen, the officials, the VAR, everyone. It, it's yeah. it's uh, it's like clockwork. It's and I don't think um, enough fans in general give enough credit to the referees. Obviously, they'll be the first to hound the referees when they've made a, a wrong decision. But I was actually saying to a referee, I think it was Darius the other day. Um, there was a statistic and now quote me if I'm wrong, anyone in the comments that's listening to this, when this is live, but it's like something amongst like professional sports that, that require referees such as football, rugby league, etc. There's only 0.05% of, um, of a mistake error, like of an error margin for human referees, which yeah. given how much can go wrong is an incredible thing given human error is a thing. So 0.05 out of the entirety of a whole season of a professional sport. I think that speaks volumes to how well trained and how well versed all of your, you officials and referees and other sports are, um, you know, how seriously you guys take a job. And I think you guys cop too much flack for it from, um, you know, people such as myself, I don't personally because I know how hard referees cop it, but there'd be some horror stories, I'm sure. Uh, we won't go into that until after you've retired. We'll get you on the <laughs> podcast again and we'll get some horror stories. Um, so what I'm going to ask is what would be your best interaction with a fan or whatever that you can remember that maybe made your day sort of, say personally you were having a shit game mentally and you're like, nah, I'm not having a good game today. But, a, you know, a fan may have been like, you know what, great job sort of thing. Um, I'm not sure I can remember anything specific from a fan, but I do remember um, I did make a mistake on a game in Melbourne one time and okay. ended up having a few plastic bottles and things thrown at me. <sighs> um, and... Uh, it was an offside call where it was close. I left my flag down and okay. I think, I can't remember who scored it. Oh, uh, but it ended up in a, in a goal being scored. Ended up in a goal being scored. Okay. But I do remember that shortly after that incident, there was an article written by a journalist who I can't remember his name, but yep. my dad actually sent it to me because I sometimes avoid reading newspapers and things like that. I would that. too. <laughs> yeah, um, I would too. But it, he sent it to me because they had sort of gone into bat and said, well, that this was before VAR, I should say, but yeah. it was one where they sort of pointed out that we're, we're told to give the benefit of the doubt to the attacking team. Mm -hmm. I made a mistake. He was offside, but the intention was, I thought it was too close to call, so I left my yeah. flag and a goal was scored. That's um, even but, better than a journo went into bat yeah. for you because journos, as we know, are pretty slimy these days. <laughs> we don't get a lot of leeway from journalists. No. But there. So that was, that was nice that... Someone tried to, I suppose, go in the bat for me a bit, but yeah. Yeah. Now that's that's really awesome. Um, and obviously I just asked, well, I didn't just, but earlier in the recording, I asked, do you follow any other sports, which you do, which is the Parramatta Eels. Do you follow any other sports that aren't just rugby league? Uh, so I keep an eye on basketball. I don't have a particular team anymore. Um, 
but I used to watch it a lot when I was younger, um, mm-hmm. the Phoenix Suns, but okay. now I sort of just keep an eye on, on it and I suppose have a general interest in the Australian players over there. Uh, yeah. But otherwise, yeah, like probably most people I like watching cricket, rugby league. Um, yeah. I watch a bit of AFL, but not probably a lot. Like, is it not enough to have a team or just sort of you enjoy watching it? I just enjoy watching it. Yeah. Now that's fair enough. Well, um, that's awesome. I've got some quick fire questions followed by two final questions and then we'll wrap it up. Yeah. Uh, quick, quick fire. Apple or Android when it comes to phones? Apple. Absolutely. I'm an Apple phone, but a Windows computer person. Yeah. Um, Netflix or like regular TV sort of thing? Netflix. Abs- absolutely. Um, how do you like your steak? Medium rare. Absolutely. Dar- again, I, I referenced Darius three times now. I may as well <laughs> give him a shout out. Shout out to Darius Turner. He said medium well to well done, and that's an atrocity. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry, Dan- uh, Darius, if you're listening to this, it, it is a war crime. Um, and obviously, running off the back of how do you like your steak, what's your favorite meal? Probably a steak. <laughs> yeah. Can't go wrong with a steak, honestly. Um, yeah. Also, do you prefer movies or shows? I probably both. Um, okay. depends on what sort of mood I'm in and what sort of day I've had. Sometimes it's yeah. easier to put a, a series on that I don't think about too much. Yeah, no, I totally get you. And on the back of that, what's okay. your favourite movie of all time? I found this on the web for a series on Think About Too Much. <laughs> no, that's all right. Um, so on the back of that, uh, what's your favourite movie of all time? Uh, stay, say Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back. Oh, good film. Very good film. Um, and obviously, what's your current favourite show that you're watching at the moment or one of all time? I've just been watching the last season of well, season three of Ted Lasso. So. Oh, I love Ted Lasso. I love Ted Lasso so much. I watched it about six times right from start to finish last year. Alone. Yeah. It's such a good show. Um, I, I, honestly, anyone who's listened to this who hasn't seen it but has heard about it, Get onto it. It's so good. Um, I'm not going to spoil anything, obviously, but you you guys probably know the premise. An American football coach goes over to coach soccer or football in England. Oh, and it's it's amazing. It is so incredible. And what were your thoughts on, because you said you just finished watching it. What are your thoughts on it all? Yeah, yeah, I thought it was good. It was well done. And how they sort of, I suppose, put in some of the football stuff. But yeah. Yep. I, well, yeah. Um, Twitter and and Nike have come out and said that all but they've all but said outright that there's going to be a spin-off with Roy. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm I'm people who who haven't seen this won't know what I'm talking about, but you're you're knowing exactly what I'm talking about. They apparently they're going to do like a two or three season arc like they did with Ted Lasso but with Roy, and I'm so keen for it. If they do it as well as they did Ted Lasso, I'm I'm here for it. It's going to be so good. Um my final question of the quick fire, not so much quick fire because we just bloody spoke for, for a bit, was uh, what's your drink of choice? It can be alcohol, it can be fizzy, it can be whatever. Uh, yeah, probably Stone and Wood. Yeah, Stone and Wood's a good one. Um, my, my, my beer of choice at the moment, um, I'm really into my locals, as in my local breweries, um, but mainly an XPA or an IPA. But if yeah. I'm not and I'm just like at a pub with mates, I go with Bolter every day of the week. Bolter's yeah. always a good drop. Um, I went to their uh, brewery up in Corumban. Uh about two years, geez, two years ago now. Fuck. Um, really, really eye-opening. It was really cool. And two final questions. The first question of that is, what are three life lessons you have learned that you wish you knew when you were younger? Uh, so I think probably is 
not to be such in such a rush sometimes um, yep. sort of get caught up in trying to do everything at once and get to where I want to be without maybe always focusing on the journey and seeing what well, sorry taking it taking in everything that's happening along the way yep um as Ferris Bueller says life moves pretty fast if you don't stop around to look if once in a while you could miss it yep um don't sweat the small stuff yep is probably a big one um and it's probably similar but not to not to worry about things I can't change so focus yep. on what I can do what I can manage and what I can control absolutely and I think those are three great life lessons to anyone that can, you know, who hasn't heard those before or maybe gone through something and, you know, this may speak to them. So I think that's great. My final and last question for you is what's next for Nathan McDonald? So I've come off the FIFA panel as of the 1st of January this year. So okay. um, that's the end of my international career as it was. I'm going to finish off this A-League season and see how that plays out. Mm -hmm. uh, but I've also recently become a partner at the firm that I work at. So okay. I'm a lawyer. Congrats on that. So yeah, that's come with new challenges and more work and different things to to juggle and manage. And I've also got four kids. So wow. as well. Yeah, it's all it's full on. Jeez, you got yeah, the three, you got your yeah, your fingers in all the all the pies, everything. Wow. Um yeah, that's incredible. Um before we wrap up, is there anything or anyone that you would like to shout out um, or talk about or, you know, that sort of stuff? Uh, well, probably my family. They've always yep. supported me, my wife and parents and the kids to a lesser extent. They probably don't really understand a lot of it, but yeah. um, it's good to come back to them. And no matter what's happened in a game or at work, they're a good distraction. They don't have any interest in any of that stuff. So it's yeah. just to interact with them but in terms of refereeing i've got a, a lot of good mates that i've made throughout my career so i won't single any of them out because no, all probably, of them are great um but there's been probably one main coach that's helped me okay. throughout my career and that's yep. uh, ted carney so he's well known in refereeing circles as, and um, particularly up here in queensland he was our coach for a long time and put a lot of time into developing us coming out and watching and giving advice so yeah that's awesome. And, you know, those type of people are the backbone of sport regardless, you know, without those people, we don't have the, you know, the referees or the players or the this, that, the other. And, you know, they go as unsung heroes a lot. So thank you for, for choosing to shout out him and, and the others as well. That's, that's incredible. So I'm going to wrap this up here. Thank you very much for your time, Nathan. And honestly, take care. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure.